0: What's up everybody, this is Zach, back with another episode of EM Weekly. Uh, I really wanted to do an episode on AI. So I'm going to, right now. So AI, artificial intelligence. uh, We're gonna talk about what it is, what its current state is, where it's going, and how you as an emergency manager can use it. So I'm really looking forward to this, I'm excited about this. Before I do that, like, subscribe, rate, stars, thumbs, whatever it is. Go on Apple, give me a review, please, please, please. That stuff helps other people find my podcast. And I'm uh, an attention-seeking person. I want I want everyone to love me and listen to me, all right? Uh, so if you could please do that, it'd be amazing. And then real fast, we're going to go through sponsors and I'll be right back. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue and collapse and confined structures this radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. All right, we're back. So AI, artificial intelligence. uh, I think all of us are probably in some position right now where we're being asked about it. We're hearing about it on the news. uh, And a lot of us probably don't really fully understand it. So this is like the cursory elemental, uh, you know, AI 101. It's probably below AI 101. Um, but my thought for this week is to kind of bring it up in a way that like a common emergency manager will understand it. Um, if you want to get really into it, we're going to, like I have, uh, I'll be, I'll be bringing back, uh, you know, Eric at some point, I've got some other friends that are super spun up on this stuff. And I really am excited about it. I think a lot of there's a lot of fear about what it could do to our field and other fields. Um, I think a lot of that is overblown. Um, You know, this is sort of like in the same line of like any major technological shift, right? Like when the internet came out, you know, everyone was afraid it was going to just open us up to this Pandora's box of bad things. And certainly there are bad things that came with it, but we have now unlimited information on our you know, in our in our phones. We can look up any piece of information. I love that. I love being able to learn whenever I want about something. AI is actually just going to essentially enhance that, right? Um, but like, we're not at a point now where Skynet's about to turn on and destroy us all. Although I did see yesterday that, uh, you know, Congress and the president um, are specifically looking at, like, putting in some guardrails for AI. And one of those was that AI has no... Uh, connection to nuclear missile launches um, and AI and, and warfare, I think, is another very curious uh, thing. And I think w- what I'll do is I'll talk about this to degree uh, in in our application as well. Um, I think AI is often seen as this like invasive, uh, potentially you know, uh, omnipresent thing that would make people very uncomfortable. Um, but it's also you can program it to like do things. So for instance, like in warfare, um, a lot of people are sort of concerned about the automation of weaponry, right? Like we want a human being to be in the kill chain. Um, and I think that's a, uh, you know, it's funny because like, if you look at like all the 80s sci-fi movies, like AI killing people is like the the subject matter on this. But like the reality is that uh, AI could be much better at that, not like just because it has better aim, but because it is objective, right? Like one of the, a lot of the like biggest tragedies that sort of came out of, you know, the last 20 years of warfare in the Middle East, uh, it was, you know, people reacting to information in perhaps an emotional way or with bad information or misconstrued information. AI could potentially clean that up so that you know, we're not dropping bombs on the wrong people. We're not pulling triggers on people when they're you know not armed. Uh, even in law enforcement, like this is gonna have significant impacts. And certainly as an emergency manager, you're gonna see this, particularly if you're an emergency manager that's in a uh, position where you have some authority over how a security footprint is, like on a campus, for instance. Uh, higher ed emergency managers, uh, hospital emergency managers, And corporate, you know, campus emergency managers 100% are going to have to be spun up on AI because every single component of your security, access control, surveillance platforms are going to be built on AI. Like it's just how it's going to be. So let's get to like the sort of like crux of AI. So AI has been around since computers have been around. Um, It is not anything new. It is. Essentially, again, I'm not the like expert expert on this. I'm talking as a lay lay user to other lay users. So if you're like an AI researcher and you've got information, uh, you know, comment this. If you're in the video and you can, you know, contact me on LinkedIn or or any other source to sort of get this information out. If you want to correct me or fix me, tell me I'm wrong, Um, and I'm okay with that. I actually want to learn about this. So, Um, but AI is essentially machine learning. So it's taking a data set and feeding it to a computer. And then that computer uses some sort of algorithm, which is a, a formula um, to parse out whatever it is trying to do. Um, there are, uh, I believe, three levels of AI. Uh, there's artificial narrow intelligence, artificial general intelligence, and then artificial super intelligence. Super intelligence is the one that's like going to wipe out the, like that's like a basically a sentient machine. Um, we're actually only at, uh, the narrow intelligence AI, which is the lowest form of it. Um, AI in a lot of applications is very, uh, like sort of Narrow in its focus, um, you know, we we use it really for specialized in uh, like sort of like a commercial application, like it's very specific. So, for instance, like camera systems, you know, it's used for identifying and tracking objects. You know, it's not doing everything. It's not announcing that there's like a crime occurring based on the body. You know, it's it's the algorithm in a surveillance system is like there's a person there. It might be able to pick out like, uh, you know. If it's if the person's wearing a red shirt, you know, and blue jeans, backpack, um, there's some newer systems that uh, you'll see, especially um, you know, when it's with school safety stuff. I've noticed these popping up a lot that are able to identify weapons, for instance, things uh, supposedly even in pockets, which I find very hard to believe. But uh, these are trained with like specific data sets. So for cameras, uh, they essentially feed the algorithm just crazy amounts of images of things from different angles, different lighting, different zoom levels. And they generalize this information in a way that the computer is able to take advantage of it and make some sort of analysis and then an output of some kind. Um, So very cool, right? I think that that is uh, something we all would benefit from, Uh, you know, like trying to (laughs) like make take uh, a lot of information and then like process it really quickly so that we get the, uh, simple version of it. Um, especially of emergency managers. So, uh, hyper-focused again, some other examples like recycling centers, they have, you know, machines that are just tuned to, uh, shoot little air jets and push glass in one direction, plastics in another and paper in another. Um, voice assistants, you know, like just trained to sort of provide us with some basic uh, information and and voice recognition. Um, And what we're going to start to see is, especially for like emergency management is systems like very specifically designed for us because like a huge omniscient system uh, that has everything is actually like not, that efficient, right? Like you kind of want it tuned to your specific profession um, and feed it the information that you need so that uh, it can align with your processes, your uh, policies, your procedures, et cetera. So what we may find in the future is basically like taking an AI and and being like, I need a, you know, AI for the University of Vermont uh, emergency management which I happened to work there before. And I basically feed it all of our policies, procedures, our plans, our exercises, and all of this stuff. And it builds a model specific for me so that when I'm saying like, hey, I need a incident action plan for this uh, type of event, it goes, cool, I went through all your policies, this is what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, here's your resources that I know you have on campus, here's your IEP for this event. Boom, how sweet would that be? Um, Eric, uh, who I referenced earlier, uh, he is, you know, doing this for a decision-making model that is being used in emergency management. His, uh, the company that he works for is called forecast. Um, you know, so they're doing things like prediction of how people, he posted something yesterday about like, uh, using AI to sort of help in predicting how people react in a, uh, building during an emergency under different types of scenarios. Um, Super helpful, right? Like that can be used for planning. Uh, it can also give you some idea of like crowd dynamics during an incident so that you could um, sh- you know, potentially understand like, okay, if there's a shooter in a, you know uh, large warehouse uh, in this location where people, you know, based on sort of the machine's understanding of how people would react to this situation, uh, where they would run to, maybe where they would hide um, and then possibly predict the outcome of like where the person uh, is. Now it can get even more, uh, you know sort of heady uh, when you start to get into predictive uh, analysis, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so again, where is AI right now? It's it's actually everywhere. I, I think we're we've suddenly seen a huge increase in the attention on it. Um, and you're seeing it implemented everywhere because suddenly people are becoming more comfortable with it. Um, but like, like AI, my, my watch, you know, Siri, or I think I'd say, Hey, Hey Siri, what's the, what's the weather outside? It's currently partly cloudy and 54 degrees. It's cold. It's not that warm. Uh, you know, so AI on my wrist and on my, you know, my pocket and in my Alexa, um, these have been around for a while. I think this is probably like where most people are. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road with most people in, in AI. Um, you know, what's what has sort of prompted the sudden huge influx of attention and money and, uh, you know, effort, uh, I would say is probably Chat GPT. And if you haven't heard of Chat GPT, uh, I, I love this thing. I absolutely love this thing. Um, it is a. Chatbot, uh, well, so GPT stands for Generative Pre-trained transformer. So again, it generates responses based on the data that is fed into it. Um, but like ultimately, it's a really, really fancy chatbot. Um, and I think the thing that sets it apart from like the other chatbots that you've probably used uh, is that it has the, um, it uses natural language generation. So it talks to you like, essentially how a human would talk to you. Um, but it has its limitations. Uh, it is based on a data set. Uh, so the most recent version I think goes to like 2021. So if you're dealing with a, like very contemporary issue or a very contemporary, uh, soft, like a uh, system, it's, it's probably not going to know how to sort of manage that or won't have information on it. Um, so it's just something to take into consideration when you're using these. And this is all stuff, right? Like it's all based on some data set and it's not constantly updating. Like this takes uh, effort. And that's that's part of the reason why I think like currently the concerns about uh, AI are greatly overblown because uh, they the systems are not sentient. You know, they are very much a uh, product of what they're made of and they... Only can sort of do what we tell them to do. Um, but because ChatGPT is so natural, it feels like it's alive and that it's responding to you in a way that, um, you know, feels weird. You get into the uh, uh, uncanny valley of communication, right? Like where it's like, it seems human, but there's something very uh, disturbing about it. Um, so, very cool. Uh, Other areas that you're gonna see this like design, like multimedia design has like just taken off with this. Um, But like, again, not that new, like your camera uh, on your phone and like a lot of smart cameras, um, you know, have some degree of AI sort of already built into them. It might be to help with colorization. It might be to increase uh, exposure when you're like shooting in dark environments. Uh, It might be cleaning up, you know, uh, low-resolution images by doing, you know, pixel, uh, predictive pixel creation, you know, uh, interpolation or whatever. Um, My podcast, uh, for instance, heavily influenced by AI. Like, I do editing. uh, It creates the transcription in AI, uh, the new system that I'm using. Uh, It will uh, allow me to edit it using AI it will uh, produce some, you know, cuts. If I have multiple cameras, all through AI, it has made my life much easier. So again, I appreciate it. Now, that's AI in general. Let's talk about like sort of emergency management. The first and like I think probably the question most of us are wondering is like, am I about to become obsolete? And the answer is unequivocally no. Um, I think you're only going to be obsolete if you, uh, pretend that this doesn't exist and that it's not going to be a tool that you're going to have to get proficient with. Um, because, uh, it is going to find its way into everything that we do. And it already is there. Like, uh, you know, again, and I'm talking about it, like it's this thing it's, it's not, it's just, you know, it's like what everyone's like, everything's going to the cloud. Well, the cloud is just a it's just somebody else's computer, right? Like, there's no uh, data, you know, uh, city in the clouds that is just sitting there, and there's some high ruler of uh, information ruling over it. You know, it's just a computer somewhere else, and that's the same thing with with uh, AI. It's just a computer, uh, or a yeah, it's a computer somewhere else, like doing something on behalf of you know you or your computer. Um, So, you have to be proficient. You have to get caught up on this, which is the reason I wanted to talk about, is at least give you like a cursory knowledge of like what's coming and what's here. Um, So, no, not going to replace you. Is it going to make you a better emergency manager? 1000%. And if you disagree with me, uh, I hope I can convince you otherwise, and I hope that you take advantage of these tools. I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a absolute game changer. Even just chat GPT as it is now will be a huge game changer because emergency management like forever is underfunded, understaffed. Uh, it is, you know, we're, we don't have the resources that we need to do the job that we need to do properly. Um, even in, you know, uh, when I was a higher ed emergency manager, even when I started, uh, I think I started in like 2013 in my higher ed position. That was when I I was the only emergency manager in my shop, and there was no other emergency management support um, other than, you know, essentially a group of staff members who, were volu- who either volunteered or were voluntold to join our emergency operations group, and then like police and first response and stuff, but... I was responsible for taking on everything, and so the way that I basically managed that without going completely insane was to automate my workflow as much as possible. There was the analog automation checklists, job aids, right? Like that is essentially a, a you know how an AI works, like step by step, uh, you know, with little bits of information that sort of dictate how the next step goes, um, and then through you know sort of more. Digital automation. So, for instance, like connecting my mass notification system to uh, my incident management system to the you know electronic displays around campus. So, um, you know, being able to do multiple things with one action, um, and that is just in and of itself super useful. And that was like as archaic as you could sort of get um, in this effort. Uh, now you're going to be able to use this for tons of functions. But again, small offices, like you're always behind the ball. So for instance, you might have to do grants. AI is very good at writing text that doesn't matter, right? Like you have, we have so many things that we write, you know, all of this preamble and just narratives and summaries and stuff that are just there because they have to be there. It's not like it's something that is super critical. Like uh, it is because it's always been done this way. So, you know, for instance, uh, do you need a super long narrative to describe an incident? No, you can get away with like bullet points, but people want a narrative because it provides some context and stuff. So an AI might be able to basically write a narrative by you feeding it all of the information that you have. So your time stamped, you know, dispatch logs, your um, ICS, you know, 214s and your your IAPs, your everything that you sort of do in the cycle you know, feed it into this thing and it'll spit out a really good after action report with even just the, you know, kind of general text that is there to, you know, the preamble, the stuff that like doesn't actually help with anything. Um, Emergency plans, you know, again, like having the ability to sort of use a tool to augment you in this process. Um, So again, when I say like useless text, I don't actually mean it's useless. It's just like It's stuff that I think a lot of people sit there and they're like, what do I write for this? Like, I am not maybe uh, a lot of, you know, there's like kind of two fields of like emergency managers, right? There's like the very creative sort of like loosey-goosey, maybe don't uh, follow ICS and NIMS as strictly as they could, and then like the very by the book folks, and the loosey-goosey folks can the the AI could sort of keep them on track and make sure that things are written in a way that it is like compliant with NIMS and ICS. And then the very black and white folks uh, will get some uh you know creative uh fluff, you know, like just some additional stuff to make it a little bit more readable. Um, and then I think what we could like long-term, what it could do, like one of the things that I, I found really fascinating with ChatGPT is. You can take a complex subject and then ask it to explain it to you in a very specific way. So again, this is all based on prompts. So that's why, again, ChatGPT is hugely powerful, but it's not going to replace you right now because you actually, uh, it's like IT. So IT folks are not necessarily like computer geniuses. In a lot of cases, they're just really good at Googling stuff. They know how to word the question in a way that Google spits out the response and provides you the information that you need. ChatGPT is essentially the same thing, it just gives you additional layers of that information. Um, And I'm using ChatGPT, BARD from Google also exists. I actually really like BARD too because BARD will give you the references that uh, it used to fill that information out. So if you're like, I need to know this piece of information, could you summarize it? Cool, gets it there and then it gives you like a list of like five links where, you know, as some examples of where it got this information, which is kind of cool. So Bard's another example. Bing is building uh, AI into its search system, but ChatGPT. So, uh, you know, let's say you're not spun up on hazard mitigation, you know, and you're asked to help with a hazard mitigation plan. You don't know how to do it, um, and you need to learn it really quick because you've got to apply for a grant to uh, get assistance in in doing hazard mitigation. And so you could say, you know, chat GPT, explain hazard mitigation to me like I'm a five-year-old. And it will simplify that down to such a level that, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to not get the basics. And once you have that, you can ask it to explain it to you in a little bit more advanced mode or, or break out the different components. Um so another thing about AI is like if you ask it like AI write me this hazard mitigation plan, it's going to it's going to be terrible at it cuz it's just it's too much to do, right? But if you give it very specific tasks like chat GPT, can you tell me what my flood risk is in uh you know this part of the country? Um, as long as the data set is in there, it can it can give you a pretty good bit of information, which is really cool. So you have to understand how to use it but general writing tasks it's just going to be a absolute force multiplier it is going to make your life so much faster uh data analysis we have to deal with tons and tons of data i think particularly early on in an incident before all the help arrives you are just task saturated and data saturated it's really hard to start making good decisions so you could use ai and this is stuff i'm sort of talking about it like kind of you can do this now but ultimately like this is where it's going. Uh, You know, you can take in all of the information, like ask it to give you a situational, you know, uh, report on what is happening based on the, you know, feeding in like your, uh, again, radio traffic, your uh, incident management software, your blah, 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 the weather feeds, all of this stuff goes in there and it'll give you just a dashboard of like, here's everything that's sort of happening that you need to make a decision. And based on this information, you know we know that these roads are impacted by floods. We know that uh, there's been emergencies in these locations that you know haven't been addressed yet. Um, all of this is like not that hard for a computer to do, but it's really, really difficult for us. like we're doing it on paper, right? like maybe it, you know uh, plugging it into a spreadsheet but a uh, a really in-depth rapid analysis. That's what computers were built for. It's literally why they were designed. So um, it is going to revolutionize it, and not just for response. It had uh, these like you know essentially AI, but they were like these beings that could predict crime before it happens. So they could arrest people before they actually murdered someone. Uh, we're not that far away from the ability to do that. The question is, uh, do we want to do that? Right? Because People do things that look like one thing, but may not be. So like it could be someone who just is crying for attention and now they're in jail because we predicted they were going to commit some crime. So sketchy, but uh, it could help uh, sort of augment. So for instance, again, like looking at criminal uh, databases and stuff like our our NCIC and then like not every state belongs to NCIC. That's the National Criminal Information Center. Um, So every You know, police department, when they run your license, it feeds back there, checks and stuff. Using AI to sort of, like, track all this stuff and maybe pair it with some other data sets so that, like, you know, hey, this person just, you know, robbed a bank. And you go into the system and type in their name, and it goes, like, here's all their addresses. Here's all the times that they were arrested previously. Uh, We looked into their social media. Here's the people that they talked to. This person, you know, they seem to be very close with, uh, and there's some discussion that, you know, they, you know, are partners in crime or something. And all of a sudden, you get in there and you're like, boom, we know where the person is. We're gonna go arrest them. Boom, done. Uh, For emergency managers, this could be uh, looking at things like weather conditions over a period of time to determine whether or not there's a wildfire uh, risk. And we're doing that now, obviously. Like you can do all of the uh, there's sensors and weather information and you can get a pretty good idea of whether or not you're at risk, but to be able to do that in real time um, and sort of offload that from the human factor. Cause you know, like for instance, like large wildfire, you have your incident meteorologist right there. They're doing a lot of work to get the information and it takes time And, you know, uh, it would be better if they basically got fed all the information. They didn't need to do anything. They did their sort of like, all right, here's all the analysis from the computer in my experience and my expertise. I know how to interpret this. And then I'm translating that for everybody else and how to use it. Um, Yeah, flooding is obviously the the other big thing. Like flooding is fairly easy uh, to predict now, you know, to degree, we know uh, where, how, we know the physics of water. Uh, and how it moves through an area. And then we can certainly go back and look at all the times that it was impacting. And um, there's a uh, a software, uh, I think it's literally called floodmap.com, um, that it was a company out of Australia and they use a bunch of predictive AI and real-time sensors to build flood maps. Um, and their stuff is really, really impressive and super accurate. And they, and they this is how you build this. So like, you know, A lot of this stuff exists, but like, how do you check it? Like their, their thing is that they do, um, after actions on every single like prediction to make sure that the information they're receiving matches what their predictions are. Um, and they're training their AI more and more to get better and better. Um, really, really cool system, uh, remotely sensed data. I actually worked, uh, when I was a fresh at a actually while I was a college student and then after, um, for a few years in, uh, for a spatial analysis lab where you, we used AI, essentially a formula and algorithm that we developed to be able to predict where flooding was occurring over roads through imagery. You know, basically it was like a change detection model that was, uh, you know, looking at roads and then based on, uh, the formula would say like that road is clearly underwater or there's a break in it that doesn't look like it was there before. Um, They use this in the military for uh, battle damage assessments, right? You're using change detection after some, you know, you drop a huge bomb somewhere and then you go back with the next day with the camera and it looks different, and you can sort of start to get an idea of what happened there. Um, So I think that's gonna be really, really helpful. Uh, I think as the other thing like is getting, uh, as sensors get smaller, having like sensors on like firefighters and EMTs and cops as they're moving around, you know, so for instance, like 9-11, you know, we lost a lot of people instantly, but we also lost tons of folks over time because of the air quality. You know, if everyone has a sensor on there that's providing it, you could start to figure out, you know, where are the acceptable levels of risk for this event, you know, based on like uh, the, what you're trying to gain versus the, the risk to life and limb and, you know, start to set some boundaries during incidents that allow you to put people in danger to rescue people, but not to put them in a situation where, you know, maybe they, uh, they shouldn't be right then. Um, and so, like, having those sensors on it so that the folks that are doing this can do so safely uh, and track it um, and get the job done, but do it in a way that is, like, you know, not going to ultimately result in a lot of people dying, um, you know, either right there or later on. So like being just at the, the sensor, the network of networks, having AI to sort of understand all that and set those boundaries would be really, really interesting. Um, I just think of like hurricanes and stuff, like, you know, as you're moving vehicles around, predictive mapping, uh, you know, using the imagery immediately following an incident so you could see all the roads and, and use all sort of traffic data as vehicles are moving around and stuff and building these maps so that... You know, you don't have to necessarily do route clearing. You could find the shortest route with like the least amount of effort to get to where you need to, to do it with, you know, in the, in the safest way again. And then, uh, I think I'll end on this. Uh, communication, uh, is going to be a hugely valuable, uh, AI is going to be hugely valuable, um, because, For a number of reasons. One, we have people who interpret information in so many different ways. And that's one of the cool things about ChatGPT, right? Is like, you can ask it to explain it to you in a very specific manner. Um, Imagine folks who are new to a city, they get an alert on their phone and they're like, I don't know where this location is for this shelter. I don't know what this, like, I, you know, I don't live in earthquake country. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in an earthquake. And, you know, AI being able to sort of like provide the information to you, uh, in a way that you will understand. So if your phone travels into earthquake country, but your phone knows that you're in North, the Northeast, uh, and you don't have to deal with this a lot. When alert goes out, it might say like, Hey, I know you're not used to this. Uh, here's what you should do in a earthquake to stay safe. Um, translation, uh, that is a huge, 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 huge issue in, um, you know, alert and warning, like getting information to all of your populations. So if you know, uh, all of the languages that are spoken and you can make a, uh, the AI translate everything into that, that's huge. More importantly, not just translating English into other languages is making sure that it's a natural, uh, way that it's, that they would understand it, you know, understanding colloquialisms, understanding, uh, the complexities of the English language with the, you know, there, there, and there, Um, bass and bass, all of this stuff that like you want to uh, communicate, but as soon as it hits the current translation models, it goes out the window and it might translate it into, you know, Japanese, but because of the way that you wrote it, uh, it's not in a way that they would understand it even in Japanese. So using AI to create natural language uh, generation for translation is gonna be huge taking information and, and changing it into, uh, you know, ways that people interpret it. So uh, for people who are neurodiverse uh, and may take information in differently, like being able to essentially have a personally developed AI that helps them to understand their world around them and how to interpret information could be hugely valuable. Um, And then just making sure, you know, that you're hitting all this stuff. So if you type up a message, like maybe you don't have to spend all that time converting it into the 90 character, we, the 360 character, we, the IPAWS, the EAS, like, you know, IPAWS could just become this incredibly smart network of communication where you just type exactly what's happening and it deals with it. You know, I need an evacuation zone from this street to this street, street, to that street, to that street, Please get it out there as quickly as possible. And you don't have to sit there with like the PIO and like your incident commander and just like try to figure this out. And it takes a long time to do it. You just type it in exactly what you wanna do. And it interprets everything, spits out, does this look right? Yep, send, boom. It's out to every single channel in the appropriate way, hitting every single language, hitting every single system uh, and matching the needs of all of your users. So that's AI. (laughs) I hit a lot of stuff. I, this was supposed to be like a 20 minute conversation. I'm 40 minutes in. I am so fired up about this stuff. I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, if you are in the AI space or you're a responder using it, I would love to hear from you. You can either just like comment down below or send me messages. Um, but I'd also be interested to get you on the podcast because, again, I think the huge advantage of this, particularly for the folks that, you know, if you're a massive agency with tons of resources, you probably have enough people to sort of do this every single day. But, you know, for instance, state of Vermont, uh, where I live, 90 to 95% of emergency management in this state is volunteer. Uh, Of those, you know, uh, so every single town has to have an emergency management director assigned. Those are always essentially always volunteers and they're doing other things in their lives. Uh, They're by themselves. We don't have counties in the state this is going to be a game changer. This will provide them a resource to uh, be able to build plans and help them in their response um, and help them in their recovery process uh, because it is a force multiplier. Small shops, hugely beneficial. And then big shops, you're just going to be faster, right? Like you have all the resources and stuff, but now you're going to be able to be even faster. And your, your AI might be tuned very, very specifically, whereas like For the volunteer emergency manager in a rural uh, setting, theirs has to be comprehensive. So it may not be super narrow and super intelligent, but it's gonna help you with like the big picture and sort of like provide you the situational awareness that you don't have because you're a single entity. So if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, uh, give me my ratings, high five me, uh, you know, buy me a drink at a conference. Uh, In the morning I like coffee and at night I like uh, beer and bourbon. you know, let's just keep this conversation going. uh, And I will see you next time. And I hope to have even more information. I'm using AI in a lot of stuff. So I'm going to start to use some examples and I want to start to bring on some experts. So have a great day. Uh, If you made it through all this, let me know and uh, we'll see you next time.